Welcome to the Middle Church Podcast, a multicultural, multi-ethnic, intergenerational movement of spirit and justice, powered by revolutionary love with room for everyone. No matter where you are, how you look, or who you love, we pray this podcast will help you on your journey. Here's this week's sermon. If you were here last week with the music and stuff that was off the chisane and the Holy Spirit just bipping and skipping and rocking and rolling through here, like she had lost her, I don't know what, the Holy Spirit was everywhere. And then Jay Hume's sermon was just so beautiful. It was perfect for me, exactly the sermon I needed. And it's happened before, of course, a particular insight that Natalie or Ben will have, and I think, oh, yeah. They got in my soul, and they knew what I needed. But Jay's words last week for this cisgendered, straight, black, married grandmother person that I am, I just kept hearing all week long, lay down your life. Lay down your life, the life to which you're holding on. Any life you, (laughs) any life to which you're clinging that's harmful, full of harm, shaped by what harmed you. Life that is death-dealing, deadening, crippling, soul-crushing. That's what I heard. Lay it down. Let it go. Lay down that life that is not really living, flourishing. The life that's not really real. Lay down the life, any part of your life that is not the truest you, the authentic you, the real, honest you that's your Truest, most fabulous you, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. (laughs) Lay it down. Pick up your real self, I heard. Transform yourself into the you that is the real one. That's what I heard. That's what I've been hearing. That's what I've been needing to hear. Loud shouts in these last three years, maybe four Lay down the patina, the persona, the covering, disrobe, take off your mask, take off your cape, let the facade come crumbling down. Because you got to be real to heal. One of my mentors in seminary, Patty, used to tell me always that I was a little bit self-reflective. Maybe it's because I turned 60, though, four years ago and started giving less Fs. Okay, you got that. Okay, maybe it was because I was digging around in my story, turning things upside down, looking under rocks, sniffing out things that smelled foul and repulsed. I had to put some of them away. My patina has been tarnished. My mask and cape are too tight because I'm bigger than I used to be, but also they smell like nervous sweat and mothballs. I packed the mask and cape away a while back, but still there is a little something left, something resonating with Jay's words, something left standing that I know needs to come down. We all have a little something, something, standing in front of our truest self. 
wrapped around our true self, a protective covering on our true self, which is, I believe, our heart. We can't help it growing up on this planet. We came of age in the last 80, 85 years. I'm trying to loop Alan in here because it's his birthday. <laughs> we came to age in these last 80, 85 years. We grew up with all kinds of impingements in our environment. The depression, two world wars, Korea, Vietnam, Desert Storm. We grew up against the backdrop of millions of murdered Jews and other folks considered undesirable against the drawing of borders and displaced murdered Palestinians. We grew up with claims of Aryan supremacy, apartheid in South Africa and in America with the extraction of diamonds and cobalt and oil, leaving the earth full of holes and vulnerable to climate change. We grew up with the dismantling of walls and the building of others, new borders redrawn, redistricting in our electoral politics. We grew up with the Southern Freedom Movement and black power and the sexual revolution and queer movements and women's liberation. Though change was essential, the churning made so many of us uncomfortable that strategies were enacted to shut down the progress of progressive life. Systems do not like change. They will fight back. So we've seen stacked courts, police violence, and insurrection. We've seen an assault on black lives, Asian lives, trans lives, Hispanic lives, indigenous lives don't matter. And as the world turned and the progress turned, our hopes and dreams and fears and resentments and resistance to change were passed down to our children and grandchildren. We took those resentments to school with us and to work. They filtered their way into our, our writing, our thinking, our parenting. They wormed their way into our prayers. We are impinged by these resentments and fears, impinged by the loss of power, by the use of power over us. We're impinged by racism and sexism and heteronormativity and Christian hegemony. We're impinged by poverty and our worship of wealth. We are impinged by gates and gated communities, borders too stiff and the ways they are policed. We are impinged by others whose selves are impinged, by folks who don't even know they're living inside false selves, masquerading as true. We are too often living in our false selves, just trying to survive, to make it but not really fully alive. Are y'all with me? We're not really alive posturing to please, to say and do the right thing, hoping for approval, but not really even approving of the self we're becoming. 
once when my false self, be good at all costs self, got a chip in it and began to crumble because a relationship broke and that meant something was wrong with me. I was sad and lonely and living in sunny California by myself, hoping that relationship would not die, and it did die, and I wanted to die. I probably didn't really want to die, but I definitely wanted to hurt the person I broke up with by hurting myself. Now, that kind of drama is dangerous, okay? <laughs> do not, young people, do that. I'm going to fix him, but hurt myself. They don't care. If they care, they still be there. Somebody say amen. <laughs> My boss then turned me on to this song. Manuel Redemosa, Hollywood Beautiful, Sales Department, Eastman Kodak Company, San Jose. <laughs> he said, can you hear the love God has for David? Can you hear the ever-present God here in this text? No place you go, no place you hide, not heaven, not hell, not the far ends of the earth, no place this God will love the hell out of you Manny said, this God will love your dirty drawers, my boss said. Loves you foibles and mistakes. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Allergies in the room. Loves you so very much just exactly as you are. Just exactly as you are. This is what Donald Winnicott is describing as a good enough environment in his psychological work. God's care attunes to us as little ones in our womb, the psalmist says. God's care attunes to us in the playpen when we're crawling, learning to stand. God's hands are on God's hip like a beautiful, shiny black mother with smelling like, you know, wind song and uh, ultra sheen. <laughs> God is saying, I see you being shiny, baby. Go get it, do you? I see you trying to crawl. I see you being yourself. I see you learning to stand up and be a justice warrior. I see you, God says to us. This mirroring, this holding, this handling, this love and tenderness builds confidence in us as we grow a sense of omnipotence for just the right amount of time. Right, Laura? We can command the bottle to come, and it comes, and it makes us feel strong. I can do anything we get in this good enough care. The good enough love sets us on the right path. David must have had this kind of love in his house, I think. It seems to me, shepherd boy, youngest son, cute. They say, good looking. Father's favorite, I don't know, grows up to be warrior and king, faithful to God, but imperfect. Cheats with Bathsheba sees to it that her man gets killed so he can keep on cheating. That's not nice, David. <laughs> this guy is not perfect, but this guy is good enough, good enough. Good enough to believe God loves him, good enough. To write, no place I go, nothing I do, nothing separates me from God. You don't have to pretend, David writes, you don't have to hide, you don't have to cover yourself, your face, you don't have to cover your loins, you don't have to cover your lust or your sexuality or your worry or your humanity from God, because God made me. And God ain't going nowhere. 
said the adulterer. <laughs> Wrote the murderer. Just ordinary stuff, human stuff, declaring that God is never going to leave us or forsake us. In the eighth chapter of the book of Romans, Paul describes this ever-present, more than good enough love in this way. I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus. What Paul says. Nothing separates us from God. Not our false self, not our patinas, not the masks and capes we wear, not the facades we assemble to keep people out or to keep our tender hearts in. Nothing. Not the meteor wars that tempt us to take sides rather than being on the side of humanity, nothing. Not the news stations or the slanted storytelling, nothing, not one thing. We are connected to God, to source, to love in ways that we can't fully describe or fully understand. My priest, Richard Rohr writes, we're in union with God. We don't have to worry about our little private, separate, insecure selves. You and I are here for just a few decades, dancing on the stage of life. Don't you love that? Perhaps taking our autonomous selves too seriously. That little and clearly imperfect self just can't believe that it's a child of God. But it is. Little Jackie is a child of God. A little Pam. Little Mackie, Molly, Carol, and Dion, who's excellent on the piano. <laughs> all y'all, all y'all, all of y'all. Yes, flawed, yes, broken, yes, wanting to hide but absolutely delightful to God. And here's this other thing. Our small selves, our true selves, are connected to each other, inextricably connected to each other. The true self understands it does not exist without the other self. The true self understands that when we begin to dismantle the facades we erect, if we take them down brick by brick, stone by stone, what is left standing is naked truth. And here's the truth. I'm your sister. You're my sibling. We, in fact, are each other's keepers. And the truest true self knows that. Vulnerable, seeking, stumbling through time, looking for the other, looking for a spark of love, a divine spark of love, looking for the other parts, the other parts that make us whole, the ones that belong to us, the ones that belong to another, the parts of us that are one, one unified body. The true self knows we must find ways to share resources, to discover what we have in common, and to move forward to healing the world from there. I've been thinking about my facade, 
the one I've been dismantling for several years now, almost 20, I'm gonna call 20 is several, Mark. <laughs> 20 years, long time. I've been thinking about how it served me so well, protected me, kept out the boogeyman. Or at least I thought it did. But it turns out the boogeyman is in me. It turns out that what I've taken in as broken, what has been etched inside my soul, is in me. The facade is not outside me, it's inside me. And if I want to be whole, and I do, I have to seek it out, search it out, keep tearing it down in search of my truest, most real self, the self that yearns like yourself to be seen, known, and loved. I must let the facade fall down. It must come down. It's hard. I'm going to grieve that stuff that worked for me for oh so many years, 40 or so. Um, I'm going to grieve that. It hurts. It's frightening. It's scary to show your true self. But it takes too much energy to keep the facade standing. I think we have to let it go. Piece by piece, because the God who made you and me loves us is more than good enough to sustain us, is more than safe enough to be a container for us, broad enough, bad enough, good enough, loving enough, arms wide enough to sustain us with relationships and love and laughter and purpose and community and best friends. God is everything, everywhere, all at once, creating a container for you and for me to be our fullest true selves, full of love and compassion for ourselves and for the world. And I'm telling you, we're not going to get better until we do that. We're not going to get better. The world's not going to get better, not going to get better until we decide to be truly who we are, which is a child of God, put on earth to heal the world. That's the only thing that's going to fix it, is we get to the real. We can't get well until we get real. We can't get fixed until we get real. We can't heal. We can't heal until we get real. So that's it. That's the work. That's the first step in the work. You ready? Amen. Thanks for listening, friends. To learn more about Middle Church, visit middlechurch.org. You can help grow this movement of love and justice by rating us on Apple or Spotify and by sharing this episode with a friend or two. Send us an email at info at middlechurch.org if you have any questions or comments. We hope you'll come back next week. Bye for now.